Welcome to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I founded an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. Now I don't just make pottery, I make resources such as books and courses for other potters who want to be more eco-conscious in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about me sharing everything I've learned with you and I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hello, so before we get on with the episode, I wanted to tell you about two completely free guides that I've made just for you about pottery. And the first guide is called How to Make a Pottery Glaze. So if you've ever been curious about how to make your own pottery glaze, this guide will show you exactly how to make your own glaze from start to finish. It tells you all the ingredients you need. It tells you step by step how to make the glaze, how to stay safe when glaze making. Um, and it's got a stoneware glaze recipe in there. Um, and if you've been curious about how to fire pottery, um, I have also made a guide on electric kiln firing. So. Um, this guide will tell you all the different terms that's used in like kiln firing um, and what they mean and it also takes you through the exact firing schedule that I use to do my bisque firing and also stoneware glaze firing. So it's got all the temperatures in there, all the timings in there um, and both of, these both of these guides are available from the Oxford Clay website at www.oxfordclay.co.uk forward slash resources for potters. Okay, let's get on with the episode. Everyone, welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson, and um, today I wanted to talk to you about slip casting and um, to give you basically my top 10 slip casting tips. So, I've been slip casting for um, quite a long time, and through that time, there's been um, quite a lot of things that have like gone wrong <laughs> because pottery is all about basically experimentation, things going wrong, you know, improving on processes. Um, so I thought, like, oh, I wonder if this would be a good thing to put in a podcast episode, you know, to share with you like my top ten tips um, that I found out like the hard way, just so you can, um, yeah, just like hopefully like save you save you the bother of like you know going through the same thing but also just kind of like letting you know you know some other interesting things I found out as well about um slip casting you know things that have really been working for me um that I wanted to share with you um you know in case they could work for you too so right so um essentially I'm gonna just do a little intro about like what slip casting is you know it might be this might be the first you've ever heard of slip casting and um or you might be like a slip casting pro <laughs> you know tuning in like get some tips um, but essentially slip casting is um, it's a process it's a pottery making process where you basically pour clay which is um, in liquid form um, into um, a plaster mold and then what happens is you wait a certain amount of time um, and then you pour the clay out again and then what's left, because the um, plaster has been drawing in the water from the clay, what's left is a kind of layer of slightly harder clay 
um, that then you kind of, you know, you've poured out the kind of the other part of the clay and then you're left with a kind of clay shell, I guess is the right way of describing it. So it could be like, um, you know, you can use slip casting for all sorts of things. You can, you could cast a vase, you know, in a, in a two part mold, there's different parts molds, you know, you can do a one part mold ca casting where basically you're just, um, say like a bowl shape, you're pouring the clay in, you're pouring the clay out and then you're just lifting that shape out. Or it could be like a two-part mold where basically two halves of a mold like come together to, um, you know, make a sort of like, say like a vase shape or something. Then you pull the two parts apart when the clay is, you know, a lot drier and you're left with a vase, um, vase shape or, you know, mugs can be cast in that way too. And essentially it's it's the kind of um, in industrial way of, um, of, you know, making pottery today, basically. So, you know, most of the ceramics that you'll see in shops um you know uh, sort of the things in you'd see ceramic things like say like in a bathroom like a sink or a, um you know like a toilet or something those kind of things are also uh slip cast um so it's a kind of industrial type uh, pottery process that we can utilize as like handmade potters um and it's a really fantastic thing for potters because it means you can just make the same shape over and over again so you can make like sets of things you can really standardize your kind of making process you know you can put loads of creativity into the decoration of something um or you know uh when you're kind of glazing it or something but it enables you to kind of um, you know really cut down on that work of making things over and over again but also just making a really nice standard thing that you can make you know that you can repeat basically so yeah slip casting is really really good and um, you can make your own molds for slip casting your own plaster molds that's what I do um, or you can um, you know you can buy a mold from um, a pottery supplier as well so they sell they sell plaster molds for slip casting um, and you can buy slip you can buy liquid slip from a pottery supplier too or you can make your own so let's get on to the the tips just had to move then because I was a bit uncomfortable <laughs> so um okay so the first thing is that um when you so this is a tip that if you're making your own plaster mold so if if you're thinking oh I'm just gonna like you know try making my own mold I basically learned from YouTube um videos and also um this really good book on um slip slip casting and mold making uh by Andrew Martin that's where I learned, you know, everything I know basically about slip casting and also just loads of, you know, trial and error. Um, but if you're making your own mold, the first top tip is that you have to let your mold dry for a really long time. So that's tip number one. Your plaster mold has to be like bone dry before you start casting in it. Okay. So um, you think like, oh, I can make a mold and then I could just start like, you know, slip casting. But actually um, that's just, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like you just have to wait basically a really long time and you know often you have to wait even kind of like three four weeks for a mold to dry out properly you know plaster does take a long long time to dry out properly you've got to really um you know you can speed up the process by kind of passing air over it like you know you could put a fan near it or something um but you just you just gonna have to wait basically until until your plaster mold is is dry enough um so if you're buying a, a, a plaster mold from a pottery supplier you know chances are that's going to be dry already they probably you know made them and then have them in store in stock sort of thing like um, um but like you know you can obviously feel the plaster 
plaster to see if it's like dry. Um, if it's not, if it's not bone dry, then it won't absorb the water out of the clay properly, and you just won't be able to like cast with it basically. So you really do have to like wait until it's actually like properly dry. Um, okay, so that's tip number one. Um, tip number two is that you can't speed up the drying process of a plaster mold okay so you can obviously like I was just saying you could you know maybe put a fan next to it or something but you can't you know like say if you were going to try and dry it with heat or something plaster really doesn't like being heated up so you really can't like encourage it to dry by like you know basically maybe putting in a, a kiln or like putting it you know on top of on top of a kiln or you know in a place which is like hot and stuff plaster just doesn't like that so you need to just dry it in like a nice temperate environment and um yeah so that's tip number two is like don't heat your plaster if you're trying to dry it quicker it just like doesn't really work okay so that's if you've made your own mold yourself um Okay, so my next tips relate to if you're actually making your own casting slip. So you might think that making your own casting slip is something that you would just like never be able to do. You think, wow, it's like, that sounds really difficult. Um, it's actually, I'm here to tell you, it's actually not. You know, if you can make a cake, you know, a bit like if you can make a cake, you can make a glaze because you're just literally mix, measuring like the ingredients out and mixing it together. It's exactly the same for casting slips. So if you can, if you can weigh out ingredients, you know, and you can mix them, then you can, then you can make a casting slip. So if you're interested in a casting slip recipe, there's actually one in eco-friendly pottery, 30 simple ways to make your pottery practice more ethical and sustainable, that book, which is available from the Oxford Clay website. Um, there is a casting slip recipe in there. So um, yeah, if, you're, if you really wanna make your own casting slip, that's the tried and tested casting slip recipe that I use basically for all my work and it's, it's in that book. Um, so yeah, why would you make your own casting slip? So this is basically my third top tip is make your own casting slip. And um, the reason that I've put this as a tip is that it will be cheaper because you're not having to kind of transport all that water. Say if you're ordering casting slip, you know, it's having to, you're having to pay the postage of like, you know, this kind of water basically and clay, obviously being like transported to you. You know, if you have the dry ingredients and you're mixing up your slip yourself, you're going to be saving on like haulage, you know, the, the money involved in haulage, you're going to be saving on, um, sort of like CO2 emissions from haulage as well, because you're not sort of transporting that water to you. Um, you know, it's let, it's much lighter. It, it's cheaper to make your own as well. So, um, yeah, I'd really recommend it because also you can control like what you put in it and what, you know, you, what kind of say like you wanted, um, like a specific color or something, you could, you know, mix certain casting slips or you want it to be like, you know, have certain properties. If you're interested actually in sort of like all the different, there's a lot, you know, like different recipes and stuff, um, for, for casting slip. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned, yeah, I was mentioning before, um, the essential guide to mold making and slip casting by Andrew Martin. That is such a good book. It basically at the back, it's got loads of different recipes for casting slip. And that is basically where, you know, where I got, I, where I got the recipe and then I sort of like adapted, adapted 
like some of the recipes in there I adapted it for my own purposes so um yeah so if you're interested in say like you know you want to make like a porcelain casting slip or something um yeah that book is so good it's like it's got loads of recipes in there but you could also maybe find you know find them like maybe online or something or in other books as well um yeah you know in terms of creating a casting slip that's like suits your needs but um so this is my tip number four okay so this is in terms of a casting slip recipe tip number four is if possible make sure that your casting slip recipe has ball clay in so ball clay it's a type of clay um, um and it's very strong and you can get sort of there's lots of different types of ball clay some of it has iron you know high contents of iron so say like high mod ball clay um some of it is very plastic but generally ball clays are very strong so they're really good to use in a casting slip because they will add like strength to your things they will help to stop cracking so one of andrew martin's tips actually is um, if your work is cracking a lot you could try increasing the amount of ball clay in your casting slip recipe that can stop cracking and it just makes your pottery like really really strong um, so yeah so if possible um, yeah, the recipe I've got um, in eco-friendly pottery <laughs> actually does have ball clay in. Um, it's got three different types of ball clay in actually, but you could, you know, just try it with like one type of ball clay or something. Um, yeah, but it's I found that it, it works really, really well. It's like a stoneware casting slip that I've got in that book. So, um, okay, so my next tip, this also relates to casting slip recipe. Um, so, so when you slip cast things quite often they um they're very prone to warping and it's to do with the fact that like um oh, you know when you basically when you cast something sometimes one side can be thicker than the other when you're pouring the slip out or it could be to do with you know the ingredients of the casting slip or it could just be like basically when you have when you're throwing things on the wheel they tend to warp a lot less than when you're um slip casting stuff and it can be such a pain <laughs> slip casting can be really annoying when you're some shapes just basically just warp every time you fire them if they're slip cast so um yeah it can be like it through trial and error but warping is a really significant problem in slip casting work but what i found is when i use so one of the one of the ingredients in um a slip recipe that i use is feldspar so feldspar is like a rock and there's loads of different types of feldspar that you can buy from pottery suppliers. So you buy it as like a rock that's ground up into a powder and you need to add feldspar to the recipe that I use anyway. I need to add feldspar to that um, slip casting recipe. And at first I was using um, soda feldspar. So soda, soda feldspar is like a type of feldspar and um, it was mined quite close to me um, and so I thought you know it was mined in Spain I think at the time when I was lo looking at like you know when I was buying those initial ingredients and started like testing different slip recipes and um, yeah the feldspar I thought okay soda feldspar that sounds great let's go with that and so I was like you know making slip with soda feldspar and then I um, sort of was reading more about it my work was warping terribly and I was reading more about it I was like why is this happening it's so annoying and I found out that actually um soda feldspar has like a lower melting point than other feldspars so soda feldspar is often used in glaze making it's got a very you know it's got a lower melting point than other types of feldspar so there's another type of feldspar called potash feldspar and that's got a higher melting point than soda feldspar 
So what this means is if you're using a different type of felspar in your pottery, in your casting slip, it's less likely to warp. So because if, if it's, so if you're using soda felspar, your pot might even start melting, you know, at the high temperatures, if you're firing to stoneware, it could actually start melting in those really high stoneware temperatures in the kiln. So that could be why your work, your work is warping. So that's exactly why, one of the reasons why my work was warping. So what I did was I found a felspar that was like, melted at like a higher melting point than soda felspar so I actually in the end went for this felspar called FFF felspar and that's the one I'm still using today and it's really really good um, again that's like mined you know geographically fairly close to me um, I know that the area it comes from has got like um, yeah, it's got like good um, sort of workers rights I know that the environment it's got very good legislation on the environment as well so I know that like um, you know as far as possible workers and the environment are like protected in the area where that um, felspar comes from so um, that's why I made that choice with that particular felspar and um, it's really it's helped to stop the warping problems in my work so because it melts at a higher temperature my, my work isn't starting to melt in the kiln when it gets to like stoneware temperatures and so yeah so if you're so I'd really recommend just looking into the different you know different felspars um, if you're making your own casting slip you might just want like a slightly higher melting felspar if you're if you're having you know warping in your work in the kiln if you're firing to stoneware temperatures um, okay, so that's tip number five. Tip number six is um, so a lot of a lot of um, slip recipes actually contain um, this substance called soda ash, and soda ash is um, is a substance that um, so in terms of like today's industrial processes to make soda ash. There, so soda ash used to be, you know, it, it's, it's always been uh, made since the Industrial Revolution. It's been made you know, in various ways. But the, um, the way it's made today is a kind of more environmentally harmful procedure than, you know, say, like other pottery materials. Um, so when I was making my own casting slip, you know, a lot of the recipes like had soda ash. The, the reason soda ash is used in casting slip is it's used as a, what's known as a deflocculant. So deflocculants are essential in slip making because what they do is they turn the clay from like a sort of hard clay into a runny substance. So there's other ways of doing that. You can use this thing called sodium silicate, which is um, you know another chemical that's used as a deflocculant. But soda ash is often used with sodium silicate in slip um, as a deflocculant. So I thought, well, I'm using sodium silicate in my slip anyway um, and you know I know that soda ash is obtained through this industrial process that can be harmful to the environment so I just thought well what if I just took out soda ash you know just completely removed it from my recipe and so I did and to be honest with you didn't really notice any difference um, so I kind of you know needed to maybe adapt the recipe ever so slightly putting a little tiny bit more like you know sodium silicate in and um, the recipe that I've got in um, you know eco-friendly pottery um, that book um, 
that um, that actually has just sodium silicate in it doesn't have any soda ash in so just removed soda ash from my work didn't notice the difference never had to buy soda ash ever, you know ever and um, yeah it's just been like a really positive thing I don't have to um, don't have to use it basically so that's my um, that's my top tip number six just maybe remove soda ash um, yeah <laughs> so okay so my top tip number seven and this is like the best thing I've ever learned probably in terms of slip casting is to use paper clay in your slip okay so use paper in your slip so paper clay is um this incredible substance i've spoken about it before <laughs> sometimes i think i need to like yeah tone down my excitement of, of paper clay because it's but it is this incredible substance this is like absolutely magical substance basically what happens is when you add paper fibers to clay it turns it from just normal clay into this like superhero clay which is really really strong it's like it can be like you know re-wetted rejoined it can be glazed at the greenware stage you know you can glaze something fire it straight up to stoneware temperatures and it will be fine um it's just amazing it stops cracking in your work so that was the main reason that i started using paper in my casting slip so um what i do now is i actually use bamboo kitchen roll sheets of kitchen roll and i rip them up i've got a certain ratio which is again in eco-friendly pottery it's all in that recipe um, and i use sheets of kitchen roll and I rip them up and then I just um, blend them into a kind of paper pulp and then I add the paper pulp to the casting slip and it's brilliant. It stops, you know, it, it does make the slip a little bit thicker, but it still pours, um, you know, it, and it stops the work from cracking. It's just brilliant. It makes it really, really strong. So, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend that. If, if I just had to, like, recommend one tip in this episode, it would be add paper to your casting slip because yeah it will save you so many headaches in terms of cracking it's just really fantastic it makes your work so much stronger it's just brilliant so yeah okay so that brings us on to tip number eight which actually isn't a rubbish tip this is actually really really good um and this tip i read in a book and it was basically saying that um your plaster mold will absorb the water out of your clay you know when you pour the slip in evenly and beautifully if you just sponge the inside of the mold first with a damp sponge and then what that does is it really just helps the plaster to start absorbing water and it will mean that the water is absorbed evenly you know across the whole pot and what i can say to you is this this tip is really really true so when i when i found when i haven't done that when i haven't sponged my molds first and they're completely bone dry they can quite often absorb uh, the water out of the clay kind of unevenly and they can you know they can make a kind of lumpy pot or you know it just it, it doesn't make a very very smooth like even sided pot um, so it's it's such a good top tip just literally take a damp sponge just run it over you know the the area that you, you're going to be casting into and it just means that 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 plaster will just know it will just start absorbing the, the water out of the clay really evenly you'll get a beautiful pot Okay, so that's tip number eight. Um, oh, okay. Tip number nine is um, okay. This is uh, this is a good like tip. So basically, when 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 I was like learning how to um, do slip casting, first of all, I was watching loads of YouTube videos, and what they were saying is that like if you um, you don't want to basically okay, so you've got your 
your thing casting and you've got your slip in slip in your pot and then you know in your mold sorry and then when you um pour out the slip you don't want to put the thing um your mold directly upside down to kind of you know pour out all the slip um because you basically leave it there for a couple of minutes just to kind of like you know pour everything out because what can happen is it can actually make a kind of drip type mark on the kind of very inside of the of the pot if you can imagine that so basically the slip is all you know flowing out and then you kind of start a drip starts to form on the kind of the the very the inside base of your pot that you're actually like um casting and they were saying like you know so what you want to do is actually turn it ever so slightly on its side and then all the slip will kind of just gently run down like one side of the wall um and it means you don't get any drip marks on the inside of your pot um but what I found <laughs> when I was doing that was casting vases. And what I found was what because I was casting with stoneware clay, which is like quite thick when you're actually like you're pouring it in, you're pouring it out. It can actually be really thick and hard, hard to get the clay out. Um, what I was finding was that um, it was actually making one side of the pot like thicker than the other. So if I if I set the pot on on the side, you know, as it was pouring out, it would mean that one side became quite thick, the other side was thinner, and that can cause warping. So in the kiln, you know, if one side is thicker than the other, it can actually pull a pot out of shape, um, and it can. Yeah, it's just it's very annoying, especially with a vase. It can it can make it into kind of like an oval vase, basically, because one side is thicker than the other. So um, what I started doing is instead of doing those two things, instead of like, um, you know, either either uh, pouring the, the slip out and putting it upside down or pouring the slip out and putting it sort of ever you know slightly to the side, like as a kind of, you know, an angle as the slip drained out. I actually started using um, a makeup brush to kind of, because um, especially, like I was saying to you, especially with stoneware clay, stoneware clay often kind of almost like solidifies a little bit inside your mould. It's really annoying. It's like quite difficult. It's not It's not a very free-flowing slip. Um, and, um, you know, other slips are much runnier. So like, you know, porcelain's very runny. You know, it only needs a few minutes to kind of, you know, set in a mould, whereas stoneware can take up to kind of an hour um, in a mold to kind of you know properly absorb into the into <laughs> into the kind of um yeah the water for the water to be absorbed through it and stuff you know for a pot to actually be cast can literally take half an hour to an hour to um to to cast a stoneware pot so what I was doing was I was taking this is what I do now I take a makeup brush a very big like a blusher brush or a foundation brush I think the one I've got is like a foundation brush it's very big like bushy brush and what I do is I just um, gently put the brush um, on the inside of my mould and you know kind of sort of I guess like agitate the clay to make it more runny again and I just kind of just very gently like sweep the brush over you know the pot um, inside the mould and then I pour out um, I like I pour out the clay then as I've you know after I agitated it and then I just very gently take the brush and I just brush the inside of the pot that I've made and that just helps to remove any extra clay it's so good you know especially with stoneware probably don't need to do this with a much runnier slip like a porcelain um 
Yeah, and then what I do is I just put the mould back down as it as it was casting, so flat. So and that means you don't get any drips. It's all kind of even, but you you've managed to brush out all of that excess um, clay. So that is my absolute very top tip. It's like you don't need to put it on its side for ages to drain. You don't need to put it upside down for ages to drain. By just using a brush, a fluffy brush, you can just you know dipped in slip. You can just very gently just get that slip out of the shape that you're casting, and it works really. Really, really well and you get a nice even wall um you don't get any drips you, know, you can smooth any sort of like little you know little kind of tiny little bits that are not quite right you know you can just smooth all of those with the brush and it's just it gives a really beautiful surface and then by setting it down you're you're all the drips are kind of you know going to the bottom basically and you're getting a nice flat base because gravity <laughs> gravity is like on your side it's like pulling everything down it's going to make a really nice flat kind of flat base on the inside of your pot so that's my absolute top tip in terms of like, you know, when you're pouring out the um, the pouring out the clay after you've cast. Um, oh, OK. So this brings us on to tip number 10, final tip. And that is don't try and cast too many um, ones at one time. So um, there's been days when I've just been like, right, that's it. I'm going to do like loads of casting and let's get it all done, you know. And what I found is that like the first one is great and then the second one is like, okay. But by, you know, by the third one, even if the day is like super, it's a super hot day and I've put the moulds, you know, it's windy and sunny and I've put the moulds outside, you know, to dry and they're getting, you know, dry. Like I'd say three castings in one mold per day is too many. And what basically what happens is the plaster just gets saturated with water and it just stops absorbing, you know, water from from the pot. So the casting will take, um, you know, longer. And that's quite hard as well because you, it's very difficult to time it. So, you know, say like, for example, you normally cast, it's normally like 45 minutes and you're like, okay, great. I know the time. I know the thickness of the pot it's going to create in 45 minutes. Then I can pour, you know, pour the slip out and it's going to make a really good pot. Um, you know, if you're, if you're on your third, um, casting of the day it's 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 like it's going to take even longer and it, you you don't even know how long it's going to take you know because you don't know how much water has been absorbed already by that plaster so um another thing i found is that it starts to the plaster starts to absorb the water unevenly so where like it the first casting you do it's all absorbed really evenly and it makes this very even walled pot the more castings i do say like up to you know so i could get up to three some sides are you know very thin because the water hasn't been drawn out and some sides are much thicker where you know the water hasn't been drawn out so yeah it just um it just never really works and so now i know that like probably two is the absolute maximum cast cast things i can do in a plaster mold per day you know and if i try it overnight again then you know then it's okay but um it can be quite tricky to time like even if you've you know done a couple of couple of castings one day and then you come and you want to do you know another casting the next day that even that can affect like you know the time it takes for the slip to be like drawn out of the pot so i'm um, sorry the water to be drawn out of the slip um you know um in terms of like the casting time basically so it can you know it can increase it can be quite random it can be like increase the casting time in a way that's quite unpredictable and you know it's, it can be quite tricky but um but uh, uh yeah so the way i deal with that basically is i you know like i was saying to you in the last tip i have my makeup brush and i kind of sometimes just agitate the clay inside 
um, in like agitate the slip a little bit, like inside the thing I'm casting, my mold I'm casting, and I can sort of see the thickness of the wall. So that's sometimes how I can like just gauge. Um, it, you know, again, it can be really tricky to to know the right time to like stop casting and pull the, the slip out, but. Um, that can help if you kind of just, you know, you can kind of just brush away a little bit of the slip and then you can kind of see how thick the wall is. You think, oh no, I think it needs a little bit more time or, but um, yeah, it can be quite tricky. That's one of the trickiest things about slip casting is like how long to cast for. Um, yeah, but you know, you get to know it and that, that brushing technique really does help, you know, then you can see how thick the wall is. So um yeah, right. Okay. So yeah, there are my, uh, the, my like absolute top 10 tips in terms of slip casting. So let's just, uh, we'll just run through those quickly again. So the first one is if you're making your own mold, you need to give it a really long time to dry, you know, maybe even like three, four weeks before you start casting into it. The next thing is you can't really speed up that drying process. You know, you can maybe put a fan next to it, but you really don't want to be drying your plaster mold with heat. So that can really damage its integrity. Um, the next top tip is to make your own casting slip. It's like cheaper. It's probably got a lower carbon footprint from like haulage. You know, you can control what goes into it. You can make it exactly how you want to, what color you want, you know, what consistency you want. You can make your own, you know, stoneware one you want. I've got a recipe um, in uh, eco-friendly pottery if you want a recipe for a stoneware casting slip. Um, and so the next tip is if you're making your own casting slip, use ball clay. It makes it very strong. It's a fantastic thing to put in casting slip. Um, you can put, um, you can use felspar in casting slips, but um, if you're firing to stoneware temperatures and your work is warping, it might be because you're using a felspar which melts at too low a temperature, like soda felspar. So you might want like a higher melting felspar. Um, you can completely remove uh, soda ash from your your casting slip. Um, it, it has no you know d disastrous effect that I found. Um, and yeah, again, if you want a recipe, it's in that book and that doesn't have soda ash in in it. Um, tip number seven is to use paper in your casting slip. It will make your work really strong. It will stop it from cracking. It will mean you can even glaze it at the greenware stage if you wanted to. Um, yeah, it's it's you don't need to add that much paper to make your clay very very strong. Um, tip eight is to just give your mold a little sponge first. That will mean that the slip, the water from the slip, is um, absorbed really evenly um, into the mold. That's such a good thing to do. It might seem like a really small thing, but it will really help make a really nice even pot. Um, tip number nine is you don't need to necessarily like you know tip out the clay and put the mold upside down or to the side. That can create kind of like an uneven. Um, you know, uh, thicker side than the other one. You can actually just take a, a large bushy makeup brush um, and or, you know, glazing brush or something and just brush the the clay, um, the, the rest of the slip out of your mould and then you can just lay it flat and it will all kind of settle and that, that's a really good way of doing it. You won't get any drips. Um, and then tip number 10 is um, try just like not to cast too many in one day because basically the moulds just stop working properly. Um, you know, I found probably up to two is the maximum I can do. Um, yeah, three and it all starts to go wrong. <laughs> 
so um yeah they're my like uh slip casting top tips and um i've absolutely loved talking to you about that and uh, talking to you about all my top tips and um yeah i hope they've been helpful for you um and um yeah happy slip casting happy um you know uh potting in general um until the next episode and i'm really looking forward to seeing you then um happy potting bye Thank you so much for joining me for the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Oxford Clay or eco-conscious pottery, there's so much for you on the Oxford Clay website. There's books, e-courses, there's a blog on there, uh, loads of other podcast episodes, and I can't wait to share it with you. The web address is oxfordclay.co.uk. I'll see you over there.